This is 680 CJOB. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the main ingredient today. We are discussing my favorite topic. Yes, we are talking about beer. So many great breweries in Manitoba, it makes my job super easy. So, head brewer from TransCanada Brewery, Morgan Wilgotts, and head of marketing, Mike Raftis, are here to fill me in on their great beer lineup. So, guys, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Great, thank you. Glad to be here. All right, so, hey, TransCanada Brewing, first time in the, in the CGOB house you know, on the main ingredients. My first time meeting you. Um, Let's ask some basic questions, you know, that people may have about TransCanada Brewing. Let's, let's talk about the name, TransCanada Brewing. Who wants to answer that? How did that name come about? Yeah, so um, TransCanada Brewing Company, it's, it's uh, owned by Matt Tallman. He's the owner, uh, president and owner. And, you know, I think this name just really resonated with him uh, when you look at, you know, TransCanada Highway. You know that kind of unifies and joins the the country together. So um, who hasn't traveled on that road? Yeah, and you hear Trans Canada a lot, um, almost every day, right on the radio in in some fashion. So it just kind of fit. Um, and really, the goal, you know, with beer and bringing people together, and you know, having some big goals, um, you know, within the Canadian marketplace. I think it's just. Uh, you know, something that just really fits and, you know, we're Canadian and we have Canada and in our company name. So that makes sense when you put it that way. I never really, I never thought of that at all. Your brewery is massive. It's huge, right? Very ambitious. How big is the brewery? It's one of the bigger in the city. I've calculated we could do roughly 13,000 hectoliters annually. Uh, right now we are only not even at 10% capacity. Um, so ample right? amount of growth, Yeah, uh, which is great. Kind of the forethought of let's plan ahead for hopefully future uh, expansion so so right now you guys are at you're brewing 10 percent of the capacity that you can actually do yes wow it's crazy you, have, you guys have a bar kicking out a lot of beer still right we are yeah so <laughs> you sound kind of tired <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about. and i feel yeah. pressure <laughs> like i i shouldn't be here i should be out selling right now i hear 10 percent, and i'm like oh boy got some work to do <laughs> okay morgan i i dug up you know, the internet has information on everybody. It's always true, right? Of course. Nothing. Verbatim, always true. 100%. I hear you're a hockey player. Yes. Did you graduate from university? Like, you played university hockey, kinesiology degree? Yes. So, how does... It kind of gives a new, a new spin on beer league when I think about it. But um, <laughs> how does a hockey player in sciences end up brewing? That's a really good question, and my parents would have asked that a few years back to say, "What the?" What are, <laughs> Dad's what wouldn't have yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, honey. Dad's on board. <laughs> Mom was well. You know, we just invested five years in a university degree for you to brew. Still a science. Still there a science. is. There's tons of science. So that's where the passion kind of grew. Um, started home brewing at the tail end of the university. Um, was quite interested in beer, and and it was a good. Um, kind of melting pot of arts and science and the further I dug into it the further I realized how uh, how complex how scientific how much chemistry Lots. molecular um, is involved with it uh, which really started piquing my interest and passion um, and that was more or less how I segued into it moved to Toronto um, that they had a booming craft beer uh, industry mm-hmm. um, kind of market leading in, in Canada so that's where I really understood the, the craft side, um, the art side, 
how to bridge all of these ingredients and, and really try to come up with unique styles. Um, and and kind of grew from there. Your first brewing job, your first job related to beer where you got a check that was related to beer was what? That was Amsterdam Brewing Company. And what were you there? Uh, I was brewer. So I, I, coincidentally, when I moved to Toronto, moved across the street from Amsterdam Brewery. Um, just was that a coincidence, honey? It's, I, it was, <laughs> okay? Fair, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was just after graduation, uh, and that's when I had peaked with the my interest in pursuing it as a career. Uh, but I wanted to ensure that, yes, it was everything that I was expecting it to be before I invested in further education. So I uh, walked in one day, and the brewmaster at the time, Jamie Mystery, or sorry, brewmaster, um, I asked him if I could volunteer to shadow with his brewers for a few days, which turned into a couple months whenever I could. Um, then two and that was just later. a walk-in? You just walked in? Just walked Didn't in. know anybody. Here's Cold my resume. Call. Here's my background. Um, just want to ensure that this is the path I want to take. And oh. he was he was great. The, the family there was, was great. So they hired me on two months after the fact, and now I'm here. It's pretty awesome. That's pretty ambitious of you to actually, you know, know that you're interested in something and actually follow it up to see if that's the path you want to go. Like, hey, I'm willing to work for free just to make sure that I know that this is what I want to do. Certainly. And doing the due diligence, I think, is always important, especially right. after spending five years with a kinesiology degree going into the beer industry yeah. and the brewing industry. <laughs> I think my parents were a little um, more accommodating <laughs> for me to, to go through and actually volunteer and, yep. and be sure of it before anything further. So. All right, it makes sense. That's Well, for a young person to actually have that you know, a clear path on or a clear plan on what they want to do is, well, I have kids, so it's kind of surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them by the brewery. Well, my kids to listen to help. this interview. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you did an interview with I Heart Winnipeg. Yes. And one thing that stood out to me, which I thought was really funny, was you said that um, you tasted your first beer at 12 and you liked it. Now, I have kids, right? And every kid, take a sip of your beer. And my 12-year-old daughter hates, well, she's 14 now. She would never like beer. You actually liked the taste. I loved it. Really? I absolutely loved it. It was Labatt Blue. Yeah. My dad would keep the garage school. fridge. Yeah. The, yeah. the garage fridge uh, fully stacked, stocked. Uh, and I just remember going in and cracking open, taking a sip putting the, uh, the lid back on and then hiding it away yeah. so I could have it again the next water water in there just to top it up. <laughs> yeah, and he never knew, right? Yeah. Hit that bottle away, yeah. but, but would constantly go back and obviously hindsight, realizing that I was, you know, warm storing this previously opened beer. I'm sure it would have been absolutely garbage a day or two after yeah. opening, but I loved it. Wow. Like, okay, so me admittedly, you know, high school, you're in high school, every beer, everybody has beer. And I remember tasting it the first time, I thought it was gross. And the second time, it's just disgusting. But that's what everybody drank. Probably maybe two or three years. You'd think you'd stop drinking something if you thought it was gross. <laughs> but then just one day, I, I you know, after like the... Persevered. Yeah, I just tasted it and realized, God, brew this, brews this in heaven. Who invented this? Yeah. No. Right? It's it's funny to, to reflect back and who who does create this? How How did this product come to be? Yeah. So usually it's just an end result. Go to the store, pick up this product or this, this mm -hmm. beer that someone else has created, but you don't really think of the the brewing process right. leading up to it. So, which I, I appreciate the brewing process. And again, you're probably in my mind brewers. You you have there's a lot of it, it's it's methodical. There's a, there's a lot of steps to it. 
I'm just not patient enough to do those steps. I just want the end result. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know there's a lot of steps and I just, you're the expert. That's fine. I'll take that bottle at the end. Most people are, but uh, it is a process. There's some time involved in you know, point A to, to point B in bottle finished product. Yeah. I just like how the shiny tanks look. Mike, head of marketing for Trans Canada Brewing and head brewer Morgan Wilgots are here on the main ingredient. And after a quick break, we are going to talk to Morgan about her background and what led her to this male-dominated industry. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the main ingredient. Mike and Morgan from Trans Canada Brewing on Keniston Boulevard. They are my guests today, and Morgan is a head brewer for this great brewery. There's a lot of there's, you've heard people ask you or bring up that you're the first female brewer in Winnipeg, which, you know, of course I'm not a female, but um, how much of that to you matters? It must matter, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's, I mean, at the end of the day, am I great at my job? That's all I really care about, right. whether or not, you know, male, female, but I do understand how it can resonate across the industry that is predominantly male dominated. So. Right. I do see the significance and importance of that for other females who may be looking to, you know, come into this industry. Right. Um, and we do have a few other female brewers around the city, and or at least females involved in the industry, which it's great. Um, a lot of support. Never really had any issues. Um, right, but at the end of the day, you you know whether you're male or female, you got to brew great beer. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to stand the test right. of time. So. Right. Hundred percent. Mike, marketing leader. Yes. How are you? Good. <laughs> Let's talk about the TCB or TCB beer lineup present day. You brought some beer. Yeah, so we I have... I love you right now, just so you know. <laughs> You're just dying to crack one open right now. <laughs> like, he's like, it's cold from the back of my truck. I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> yeah, no ice needed right now. That's no for doubt. sure. Um, so yeah, we have four core products right. that we started out with and our core products are basically available in our top year, top room available in uh retail stores beer vendors at restaurants all year round um those are more our, our flagship staple brands right um so we have a lamplighter amber ale uh blueberry ale our portager pilsner yeah i tried the blueberry arrow yeah. ipa did, did you guys bring the blueberry to, to beer fest last year we would have had that. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Absolutely. And that's one of our uh, popular sellers for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially in our tap room. So, yeah, so those are our four core products. Uh, you'll notice from the labeling, we're like, we got some iconic Canadian uh, illustrations. Yeah. Um, and the bottles, too. Like, what's the deal with the bottles? They're, they're, they're different. Like, they almost remind me of the, of the short, stout, extra old stock bottles back in the day. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where, and I, I think Morgan can probably speak more to this, but I, I think the... Starting off with a bottle versus a can mm -hmm. uh, was important just from, you know, there's something about a bottle, brand experience, touching it, the look, as you say, mm -hmm. it kind of brings you um, that nostalgia. That, totally. that kind That's of, the first thing I thought when you pulled it out. That throwback. Um, and then plus, I think just, you know, from the quality standpoint too, of making sure there's very little oxygen, neutrality of the glass too. It's just a good first impression, uh, introduction to the market of, you know, this is what our beer should taste like it's an like accurate the reflection. The first impression of a beer. Never thought of that. You know, yeah. I was just too busy chugging it and really thought about <laughs> the first one I had. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Um, yeah. What is the difference between a bottle and a can, as far as taste and freshness and all that kind of stuff? Is there a, bi a big difference? If a brewery does their their due diligence with ensuring oxygen levels, DO levels are are 
low in any package format than than apples to apples. Um, I know there is an argument that cans are are fresher, um, better seal on them. Um, however, bottles to cans, as long as you're packing with dissolved oxygen, is the term we use in the brewing industry. Mm-hmm. Where um, if you have dissolved oxygen in a packaged product, that can really shorten your shelf life of the beer and, and create stale flavors a lot faster. So um, as long as your your packaging quality standards are, are, are high, then there should be no true difference between cans and, and bottles, just more preference of the consumer. Gotcha. I understand. Um, you guys, you said y'all, you guys also have four core brands that are in your tap room also, right? We have these four core brands, um, and then for a tap room, we have 16 taps. Um, so we try to keep eight core tap room brands right. and then four rotating taps uh, of seasonals that we bring in every every month or two. So that keeps you hopping? Keeps me hopping, yes. Keeps my brewers hopping as well, and sometimes they... <laughs> <laughs> a little too hopping. <laughs> like it's a big... Like, okay, you, you, you've, you've worked in a brewery before but now you're 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 the person in charge kind of thing that's that's a, a bit is it a big brewery to, to to go in first like to head up as your first leading gig uh well when i left amsterdam i was the brewing supervisor at a team of seven guys and we were brewing fifty six thousand hectoliters Ooh, yes um, so capacity that we're we're seeing right now it's it's quite comfortable so um with enough experience, it's it hasn't been too challenging. But nice. what's the most challenging thing about brewing beer and and manning staff? Like you know what I mean? Like you're 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 you're, you're the person that is, uh, you know, organizing and leading staff. So what's what's the what some of the challenges to that? Quality is always the biggest concern. Um, can be often overlooked in breweries, um, but can also be the, the biggest factor that can be detrimental to to a great product. So. Right. Um, quality first approach for us, um, making sure that all the processes, you know, going through step by step standards are, are met and, and achieved, and we're not really cutting corners just to uh, either push a timeline or um, anything that can really reflect negatively on on what the end result beer is. So, okay, everybody, it's that time. You know me. We have beer here. We're talking about beer. We're talking about brewing beer. We're talking about the history of the head brewer. Well, next segment, I've got to taste the beer. Mike and Morgan from TransCanada Brewing, they're my guests today on The Main Ingredient, and we are going to taste some of the beer they brought after a quick break. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Now that you're caught up on the news, weather, and sports, welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Mike and Morgan from TransCanada Brewing are here on the show today, and strangely enough, they brought beer. Can we taste some of these? Absolutely. Can crack one open? Did you bring a bottle opener? I don't have a bottle opener. <laughs> I would, I would, a bottle I would opener. bite one of those things off. <laughs> I always have one. I always have one on me. Um, yeah, so let's start. Um, how about our lamplighter amber ale? Let's try that. So this is a UK style amber ale mm-hmm. uh, brewed with all UK based malts. I was born in the UK. Were you? I was, but I left when I was five. So Great beer there. Yes, very much so. Um, Unfortunately, I wasn't drinking it when I was five, oh, so I can't really tell. Behind the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slacker, I'm sorry. <laughs> that smells so good. So I use um, quite a lot of different specialty malts in here, um, which lend to that caramel, it's nutty light. roast. It's very nice. Light. So, yeah. Well, um, I would have never guessed that from the color. Like, you know what I mean? It's very deceiving. 
That's what I do love about the brew side and, and recipe development is you can really screw around with the psyche of the consumer. Mm-hmm. Because the so different from years past, right? So like the whole beer industry has changed so much in the last 20 years, right? Certainly. And I think people have have been trained to assume that yeah, the dark, like dark beer, beer. is... Don't like don't, yeah, and they they assume dark beer is a style. Right. Um, where dark beers is more flavor component to a beer and you can have light... Light body darks, heavier body darks. Um, so with the lamp lighter, I wanted to make sure that um, it was complex in flavor, but not overwhelming on the palate. So right. repeatability is, is pretty big for me. Oh, I can repeat. Um, I can repeat this. <laughs> there are some very big old beer beers out there that serve the purpose of of kind of one and done. Right. Where repeatability is, is you know, you want to be able to sit down and have a few without feeling as though you're half in the tank or for sure or or drank a truck full right <laughs> and it's a lot of fun i mean fun part about the job is you know getting out there and sampling and introducing you know this to the customers that you kind of go i don't usually like dark beers you know and they try it and they're like oh that's great or, sure oh i like a lighter style beer you know and then they try this amber ale as well and they go oh yeah i can drink that too mm-hmm. right so um just getting out there and Letting people explore a little bit and kind of finding something that that they like, right? So, do you find your job is a lot of education? Oh yeah, there's, uh, you know, as we say in the industry, liquid on lips, Um, and I mean that's the thing, especially with the a younger um, craft industry, and really just introducing and and getting introducing people to new styles, Um, and it's just telling them about the beer. Um, For example, uh, our Arrow IPA. So a lot of times they're you know, someone's trying that and they're, oh, I don't like beer that has fruit in it. And, you know, you added grapefruit to it, for example. So that's where the education comes in and going, oh, no, it's the style of the hops that's imparting those types of aromas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once, you know, consumers kind of understand um, the background a bit too, there's a different appreciation for the beer. Right. Do you find it's harder to introduce different styles of beer to a younger person who doesn't really know a lot about beer or an older person that is set in their ways on what they think they like? I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, there's always a few that, you know, like a certain style and they know, and they just know, I don't, I don't want to try right. an IPA. Even a brand. I just, I'm going to go for that. Brand and that's what I drink and that's uh, it. Right. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see it. Haven't really seen a difference between, you know, age and gender. And I think it's just the type of events we're at. Um, you know, people are generally they're open and to explore. So if you go to right. a beer festival or right. you're not going to go to a beer festival and want to drink one type of beer, then what's the point? No, exactly. And, and then we find... Unless it's one of ours, then... Yeah. Good point, good point. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's the fun part. And I think, you, you know, there's... Especially when you look at pairing beer with food, you know, it's, you know, traditionally it's wine, beer, food and wine. People understand that. But now right. it's, you know, we can do beer and cheese. We can do beer and food. Which I love. Um, and once you open that up and someone gets that experience of pairing those two together, then it... You know, it, it just kind of lets down some of those barriers that they might have had or preconceived thoughts of going, hey, this might not work. Right. Um, you know, so we find there's a lot of people that, you know, are interested in learning and, and want to, you know, kind of see what's behind the label, the ingredients, um, you know, and be introduced to something new. Yeah, so much to learn. Have you introduced your parents to the beer that you brew? I actually was just on... FaceTime with my father and sister before this interview, and mm-hmm. and he was drinking the last bottle of Arrow. 
that's awesome. that he had that's taken cool, home with, with them Christmas time. So I hope it was yeah. free since you drank half his beer when you were. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I have a big debt ahead. to fill, so <laughs> he can drink for free for as long as he wants. Uh, but you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> he has no idea. No. <laughs> My mom can blame him for me being in the brain. Totally. Um, That's killer. Um, I hope I'm saying this correct. Your barrel and food auger. I was uh, sorry. Food aging program. Is it? Is that how you say it? Food? Is it? Fooder. Fooder. Okay. Your barrel and fooder aging program. What is that? What's a fooder? Fooder is more or less a large oak vessel that. So it's b- bigger than a barrel. It's substantially bigger than a barrel. Um, so our brew house, one of our brew houses, is. 3,500 liter system. Mm-hmm. Um, one fooder can fit 4,000 liters. So, wow. Um, they're fair sized. These were were custom French oak, um, all imported from France. Uh, we do have six of them. Um, and they're great. Uh, they're pretty rare to find new in the brewing industry here mm-hmm. in North America. Um, I'd say in the past 20 years, there's really been. Um, a growing trend of bringing fooders into the, the beer scene. Um, What's the purpose of a fooder? What does it do? Is it do you age things in it? Age, ferment. So traditionally, um, all beer would have been fermented and aged in wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go over to Europe, Belgium specifically, um, they still use. So all the suds that they're drinking in Game of Thrones, we're talking, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you can age beer. Um, ours are are fresh wood so um it's a bit challenging um being able to strategize to figure out which beer will go into which tank uh, just because whatever does touch the oak will more or less be imparted in that oak for for good um because that will absorb through so right um that's been a fun project to really take on um brew a lot of wild beers in there Um, what's wild beer Generally I just consider myself styles. wild after I drink too much beer. <laughs> I've never heard of wild beer. <laughs> Generally, uh, two styles of beer, ales uh, and lagers. Yep. Um, there's a third style um, category, I would call it wild beer. So um, these beers are, are brewed and fermented with yeast that um, doesn't behave as predictably as what a lager and ale strain would. Mm-hmm. Um usually found in the wild uh for example we have a pale ale that's aging in one of our fooders um i inoculated uh wild yeast strain it's called Britannomyces clossini um this You're is far too s- smart for me right you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i can keep up right now this is the same yeast strain that uh, they found on the skins of pineapple and tropical fruit so mm-hmm. um when you impart it and inoculate it into the beer and it starts fermenting the beer um these flavors of ripe pineapple start introducing themselves into the beer so um so a lot of different flavor profiles that come out of this these yeast strains um generally speaking all beer was once wild uh, because we didn't have modern technology to really isolate specific yeast strains to say that this is a this is a lager this is an ale um there were sour components to it a lot of these rustic wild ferment notes okay we're gonna take a little break because morgan is way too smart and she dropped so many big words i need a little break but when we return on the main ingredient we're going to talk more with mike and morgan from trans canada brewing and we're going to taste more beer a special beer we'll be right back hey everybody welcome back to the main ingredient my name's kevin bergen 
My guests today are Mike and Morgan from Trans Canada Brewing on Keniston Boulevard. All right, what's this other beer? You have a large wine-looking bottle. So this is the collaboration brew with Raw Almond. Oh, yes. Um, in a cork and cage bottle, mm -hmm. um, similar to champagne style. Um, it's a Nordic pale ale. Um, so what we did was... Dumb it down for me, man. You know, I'm dumb it down. Used a Norwegian yeast strain. Yep. Uh, yeast strain produces a lot of uh, pretty bold citrus aromatics and flavor. Um, so use this um, to ferment the pale ale. And then after fermented through, uh, we aged it with spruce tips and uh, tangerine peel. So it's it's beautiful, bold citrus, fresh woodsy aromatics um, on the nose. And then on the palate itself, uh, we wanted to keep it fairly subdued so it wouldn't overwhelm any of the dishes at the, uh, at the event. So um, quite dry, medium body. Nice effervescent uh, carbonation on there, and, and just overall crisp, dry finish. So, I think you should write books. You you can describe every flavor and taste in this thing. <laughs> I just drink it and say, "Yep, that's good." <laughs> <laughs> um, this bottle, how long can it stay in this bottle? Like, you know, let's say someone gets it and they, they didn't want to open it. How long can it stay in that bottle in its present state? In it, I would say. Up to six months for this. Um, really? It is a lower ABV style beer. Mm -hmm. um, generally, the the higher alcohol beer can can age longer. Um, I would say six months will be be the freshest, just because we do have those spruce tips and a bit of that orange peel that will subdue over time. Not that I'm saying it ever. It never lasts six months <laughs> in my house. You know what I mean? I, I don't even know why I asked that question because no. it's just not going to happen. Well, right? we get that asked a lot. And I mean, if you look at our cranberry stout, which we, we launched over um, the holidays, that's 7%. Um, you know, we've aged that, you know, good up to a year. The taste there, profile yeah. does change. Yeah. Um, but what's fun about beers like that too is, you know, every year you can, you can put a few, you can drink some, put some away. Um, and then when next year's edition comes out, you can sample them side by side right, and, see, yeah, and, and keep doing that. Flavor, so yeah. very similar to, to wine in that respect too. You can do that with certain types of beer, like Morgan said, the higher ABV, um, beers. So those, um, like beers coming out of our fooder program and barrel aged ones, uh, those will be good kind of candidates for, for cellaring. So. Yep. I'd have to have a lot of beer in order to do that, like lots, <laughs> enough to keep me right to the point yeah. that I want to get back and open the bottle that's been sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> well, usually I guess you can, you, you buy three bottles, for example, right? And, um, put one away for, you know, up to a year, drink one at six months, um, drink one right away. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you always got that kind of experience and you can so explore you and see how it changes. Well, drink I one know. right away and one, six months later, Mike, bite your tongue. Three cases. We need to get you in the brewery more often <laughs> though. We like it. There you go. <laughs> Mark going to be like, this guy's back again. Yeah. Can you get him out of here, please? <laughs> I need to get to work. It's awesome. Um, what other beers are here? What, what else do you got? So we, we just, what, what was the one that we just tried? That was Lamplighter. 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 That was the first one we launched uh, into the market um, right around uh, Jets playoffs oh. when they got in there. So that was core number one, our first, our first I product. It. I like that one. Lamplighter. How do we come up with the names? Lamplighter. I would like to take credit for all of it, but I had Just say yes. Just say it is. Who's going to argue, right? You're brewing the beer. No one's going to argue with the brewer. <laughs> and all the design levels as well. <laughs> exactly right. Jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah, no, that credit goes to... Or, uh, owner Matt so he's just got a really good eye for that and just an instinct and 
kind of has this grand vision, right? Where it comes through on these labels, so um, mm-hmm. which have been well received. <clears throat> um, the blueberry, you have blueberry, the arrow, and what's what's the fourth uh, core one? It's portager or portager. I haven't really figured out. Yes, okay. we have a lot of debates over that. <laughs> I, I, I'm an outdoors guy, so I'm going portaging a lot. So yeah. I'm like portager. That's that's what I'm going with. Uh, but portager, you know, we've heard a lot of different ways to say it. But and what flavor category does that one fall into? That is a Czech style pilsner. So flavor wise, what would that be? Flavor wise, uh, very malt sweet. Um, we use all floor malted. Uh, malts in this um, Czech style floor malted malts um, so very true to to origin of, of this style of beer all Czech sourced yeast hops um, the hops impart a bit of a floral spice and, and not spicy in, in the sense that it's hot but just right. kind of these undertones of herbaceous um, very delicate and gentle um, right. Sometimes people interpret spice as yeah being hot. When yeah. sometimes it's just the flavor, right? The flavoring of it. So, um, very multi sweet, um, light to medium bodied, um, very low bitterness, a bit of a dry finish on the end. Um, overall, crisp, clean, kind of a straightforward pilsner. So, how do you go places when you brew beer? When and like, let's say you're at a at a family get together, and now here's beer and does everybody ask you about is everybody afraid to give you what they think is crappy beer or is <laughs> you know morgan's coming what am i gonna what am i gonna pick up you know let's say they don't have your beer like what am i gonna get right i hope not but uh <laughs> it's kind of like the chef that shows up at a party right no one wants <laughs> to cook working, yeah. <laughs> no. uh I, I, I try to take the pretentiousness out of out of beer. I mean, beer's beer at right. the end of the day. And, and you like everyone what you like. has. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's palate's subjective. So you like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. So um, I'm quite open if, if you have a fridge full of craft beer, you have a fridge full of macro. I'll have either or depending on. You just complain in the car about what crappy beer they had. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man, great, great party. Yeah. Great party. Yeah. Beer sucked. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so in closing, let's uh, maybe you can tell us, remind everybody your address, maybe website, sure. your hours. And uh, do you guys have any events coming up? Is you're doing a um, a breakfast and beer thing? Is it a, a beer thing yep. on the tenth? Is it breakfast and beer, brunch and beer? So we call it our beer and brunch. Yep. Um, so it's something that we we started with, and and we're going to be start doing at least one a month. Yep. And try to get into that rotation. So um, you got the space. Like what a but a great room, right? Yeah, and it, and it's that introduction with beer and food as well. So um, a lot of the feedback we get is, you know, if somebody maybe didn't like our IPA, for example, or or that wasn't their first choice. Um, once you paired it with food, it was a different experience. Um, you know, so it's like, oh, I got a different appreciation for that right. brand. Um, so it it is just a you know great experience for our guests. It's getting well received. Um, yeah, so we have one on February 10th, which is sold out, uh, March 17th, which is, uh, now sold out as well. And then our next one's going to be April 7th. Wow. That's impressive. That's pretty cool. As well. Yeah. So like it. yeah. So we got. Somebody's going to be mad at me now that I made you say that. And the first to the t- two next ones are sold out. So, right. <laughs> yeah. <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be posting the next one, uh, shortly. So as soon as the one beer brunch, uh, 
is finished, then we'll announce the, the next one two months later. So, um, but yeah, you can find out all that info on our website. So, uh, at, uh, tcb.beer, mm-hmm. pretty nice easy to remember. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you can stay up to date there, join our newsletter. So then you'll be the first to know, uh, when we have events like that. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're at 1290 Kennison Boulevard, um, right around that, uh, Ikea across from Tim Hortons. If you miss it, then you're like blind. Yeah. There's a big, uh, green right. silo <laughs> in front. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're closed Monday, Tuesday. We open Wednesdays at 4 PM until 11 and then Thursday to Saturday from 11 AM to 11 PM. And then Sunday we're open 12 to 7. Yep. Um, and on Sundays at 1 Sundays p.m. Open, Sundays you're open 12 to 7? Yeah, 12 wow. to 7. Cool. And then we have uh, free public tours at 1 p.m. every Sunday. Um, so if you want to go behind the scenes and, and check it out, we have a guided tour there as well. It's good to know because when I dump someone off at Costco to go shopping, I can just go kill some time, have a beer, you know, and then whatever, right? So Absolutely. That, that's, there's so much around that area now, yes. right? It's insane. Yeah, we get a lot that are just dropping off their dry cleaning next door and what's yeah. this yeah oh, come in for let me show you man <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so that's awesome thanks for coming you guys very nice meeting no, thanks for having us Thank you. awesome that was mike and morgan from trans canada brewing located at 1290 keniston boulevard great place to get a beer and great place to get some pizza they have a great great pizzeria inside you gotta go um thanks for tuning into the main ingredient everyone this weekend i will talk to you next week with another surprise guest here on 680 cjob This is 680 CJOB.